the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Welcome to Interview Friday with your host, Matt Browning. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you for, for being on here and tuning in and checking this out. Today, if you are brand new to the show, we are all about every single Friday, I bring on a successful entrepreneur who's doing something really cool in life or in business and pick their brain. We get into their, their strategies and their stories, especially the stories about how they came to be. That's you know the, the name of the show. That's what we're all about is understanding the origin stories of how we have come to create the visions that we're creating in life as entrepreneurs. And this Friday today, I have someone really special. Her name is Ivy Slater, and she is a success and life coach. Now, one of the reasons I was very excited about when, when I met Ivy, she's just super genuine. Uh, she's also been at this coaching game for the better part, uh, longer than a decade. We started, gosh, I think within about a year or so of each other. So, you know, we're not, you know, the oldest kids on the block, but we're not brand new. Ivy, I, I wanted to bring a life coach on because I know a lot of you are in the speaking, coaching, practitionering type space, and you're you're, you're going to get a lot out of really having someone like this who's doing the business that you're doing or really something similar. So listen to Ivy. Here's a few things that we get into and chat about. Now, she uh, graduated from the University of Maryland. She's a New York City native, and she had run for 20 years. She's owned and operated a seven-figure printing business called Slater Graphics in New York City. And you know, she talks about how uh, how to find success in, especially at the time, was a very male-dominated business, and I believe still is, and she's found her niche market of women buyers in the publishing industry. So she's printed for clients like W Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, New York Magazine, Advertising Age, Town & Country, Men's Health, to name a few of those. Uh, she also draws from her own experience as uh, as a dancer over years. So we get into in the interview how her years as a dancer helped her grow her coaching business and how she brought in elements from dance and elements of business and has been merging the two together in a really effective way. During our conversation, we'll talk about and we explore the coaching industry itself. So we, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, listen in, we're going to talk about kind of how the coaching industry has changed just over the last decade and how it's evolved over time and what it means for you and me today in 2018 as this interview is being released. Uh, she shares the one question that can transform your day, the one question she asks herself every single day. She also not only has run this printing business, has been a life coach for a better part of a decade, she also has uh, forged ahead marketing, working for companies like Coca-Cola back in the Wild West times of Vietnam. She went over and lived in Vietnam. We talk about her life and times there. And she worked uh, at a high level for Coca-Cola for three years in Vietnam in, in international relations and how she's brought that over, uh, again, to what she does in business today. So I'm excited. We even throw out an idea for a new podcast called Coaches Having Coffee or Coffee with Coaches. I don't know. I'm working on that. That's kind of built off of the Netflix theme, uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. So I love the idea of just sitting down and shooting the breeze with another coach, another uh, mastermind member, another brilliant mind in this industry who works and supports people. Today, Ivy supports women in business and owners from coast to coast uh, and internationally. She works with private clients. She runs a variety of different group programs and mastermind intensives for small business owners, and she speaks publicly in corporate settings. I'm excited for you to meet my friend, Ivy Slater. 
Hey, welcome back, Ivy. Um, I feel like it's been a little while since we we chatted. We just had a, a really great connection call about a month ago or a few weeks ago, and here we are. Uh, we made it almost in the same room, in the same Zoom room, uh, ready for the podcast. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for making the time, and welcome to the pod. How are you? I'm excited to be here because we really did have a great conversation, a great connection. And I would like to say like yesterday because time flies, but it was probably like a few weeks to a month ago. So I was really excited to come on and chat further. Nice. Well, I'm excited. You know, I, I have all, all different sort of entrepreneurial spirits on this, on this podcast and with, with a variety of backgrounds, but I always love having another uh, coach. And you're obviously in the coaching and expert space. I'm in the coaching and expert space. It's sort of like, um, I remember listening to, who was it? Jimmy Fallon, I think was talking. He, he was on that. Have you seen the coffee comedians or comedians and cars getting coffee on Netflix? It's come out recently as Jerry Seinfeld hosts it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have not seen a lot of episodes, but I, I have seen a couple. I watched a few on a plane and, and I love Jimmy Fallon was talking to Jerry. And he's like, yeah, when, whenever I see another comedian across the room, I'm like, I, I, I gravitate towards them. I'm like, oh, it's another comedian. I finally don't feel alone. And I kind of feel that way when I'm in, when I find another coach who's, you know, been because we know what goes into it, right? It's like, yeah. you want to change the world, you want to help people, but there's a grind to like the business of like building it up and really making it happen. Uh, so when I meet someone else who's been at it for a while, like you, and has been making it happen, there's just this really cool, um, a respect and an awe, but also th there's a familiarity and a peace. So it's, it's nice to hang around with people like you. Uh, so let's get into you a little bit though. Okay. Um, you, uh, I said we could like hang out and talk shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's sort of what, you know, what this has started to become is like I shared with you earlier, it's like, you know, two coaches having coffee. Ooh, yeah. that's the name of a new podcast. It is the name of Coaches and Coffee. Coaches and Somebody Coffee. Somebody go buy that. No, that. no, someone do not go buy that. Matt. Whoever's <laughs> on Matthew team, Matt's team here and listening. Somebody buy <laughs> that. Please go to those that are my names and buy. By the time this one goes live, we'll have already bought we'll have it. Bought it. <laughs> what a great idea though, right? Uh, but that's kind of what, you know, what I want to do is I just want to just sit and get to know you a little better. Let everyone that knows me get to know you a little better and, uh, and just kind of talk shop a little bit. So, um, how long have you been, would you say technically you've been at the coaching business and we'll get to some of the background in a minute, but, um, I'll start with today. So professionally, legally, <laughs> later success started in January of 2008. Okay. Um, as a mom, as, um, in 07, when I started navigating this journey and becoming a certified professional coach, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. a friend of mine said, you need to become a coach. And I was like, you want me to do what with children? Like, I don't, don't a volleyball do coach. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was a dancer grow, you know, through, through college, I have a degree in dance. And I was like, well, I'm not really like trained. Like I can't teach dance the way, you know, I'm, I'm not trained up like that today. She, she looks at me like I'm crazy. She goes, I'm talking about coaching. I was like, I'm not sure we're on the same wavelength. And, you know, so I, 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 she explained and researched and I said, well, why do you want me to do this? She goes, cause you've been helping me for years. You've wow. been coaching me for years. Wow. And you now need to do this for others. And, and that, that was 2007. That was 2007. Wow. And then by January, 2008, you said, I'm going to officially start. So and when I, I opened, 
Yeah. Wow. So we're not too far off. So I, I officially opened my coaching and training business, right? It was originally Real Education for Life. I thought that was an amazing name. Um, now it's, it's uh, Evolution Seminars, as people know it. Uh, the corporate name is Leadership Training Institute, which I figure will go into like business work. Uh, but I officially started that the first coaching business uh, December 2006. So we're like 13 months off. So it's sort of like being siblings here, you know? Yeah, we, we, we were in the early days. Yeah. So when, I mean, when we were educating people on what coaching was, what I, you know, it's fun. Industry is. It's so funny you say that. I absolutely remember that because I remember going and telling people in the early days I'm a coach and I remember somebody distinctly in Starbucks going, Oh, what, like a basketball coach? And I was like, No, no, a life coach. Now, when you say it, you know, I say, Oh, I'm a coach. Most people react and go, Oh, like a life coach? Oh, my brother in law's a life coach or I know someone. And so it, it has certainly gotten a lot more popular in the last decade. Um, so fascinating. So, What's neat is when you're nine, 10 or 10 years plus into running a business, uh, the same business, and this is not your first business you've done. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but there's something great to be gleaned. You know, there's a principle of gleaning of being able to sit at the feet of somebody. And I, don't, I think today we don't do that often enough. And I really want to take the time today to kind of, you know, to metaphorically like sit at the feet of, of someone like yourself who has, you know, 30 three decades of, of, of business experience, uh, an entire decade, 10 years, long time, being a successful coach um, and doing what you've done. Did you, well, let me, let me back it up a little bit. So you went to the, the University of Maryland. So I know you're yes. East Coast, you're in New York now. Did you grow up on the East Coast? Yes, I grew up, I grew up uh, outside. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Long Island, New York. Oh, wow. Um, yep. Then went on to University of Maryland and Two weeks after graduation, I moved back into, I moved into New York City and never left. Wow. So you would write in the city? Yes, I do. Uh, I live in the city, my... raise my kids in the city. Mm. And you love the city? I absolutely do. I really, wow. I mean, I'm with two kids now out of the house. Uh, we moved back midtown as opposed to further uptown. Mm -hmm. I walked to my office. I walked to dinner. I, I you know, I went to, um, last, just last night, I met an old client we went to dinner and then walked through Central Park to go to Lincoln Center wow. to see Alvin Ailey. I was like, I, and I, we walked outside. I was like, do you see where we are? Is this the best? Like what we're living, like look around. This is the greatest thing. Every New Yorker, I love it. Like this is the best thing. Everyone who lives outside of the city is terrible. How could you not live in the city? I absolutely love it. it, it, it so I'm in Orange County, which is a suburb of LA. No one in LA says that. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, mean, true. I mean, some people in Hollywood and different areas, oh, I love Venice Beach. I love this. I love that. Uh, but nobody's like, LA, it's just the best. I walk everywhere. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't walk everywhere. You can't walk everywhere. You have to sit in a car for six hours to go anywhere. Um, well, I will say I'm a fan of Santa Monica because we have spent a bunch of time out there. My son lives out there and I do a bunch of business out in California. But oh, I'll, cool. say, I'll stay in Santa Monica because I can walk to WeWorks during the day. Right. I can't, right? I will walk, uh, walk to dinner or walk to lunch. I take a break for an hour. I grab a bike on the pier, uh, uh, on the boardwalk, and I take a ride for 40 minutes and I go back to work. You're such, so a, like such, such a walker. Such a walker. <laughs> I am. Did, uh, did, you, did you grow up with, uh, so in Brooklyn then? So was it more kind of a suburb kind of style place? Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in a basic suburb. Yeah, um, mom and dad? Mom and dad. Um, I, w I was, got turned on to dance at three. Um, really fell in love with it early on, it, you know, I probably about five. 
And that's, that was my childhood. That was my world. Was who, who, was the, who was the influence for dance? Um, oh God, this is, this is a funny and a bit embarrassing story. Uh, I was a little girl. I was about three years old. My, my older sister was taking a dance class. And of course, you know, I went with my mom and, you know, we had to sit there and then and watch and, and yeah. being a, a little girl, I was fiddling. I took my barrette out of my hair. And this was the old days when the barrettes had two metal prongs. Everything was metal and not plastic. And they had two, these two little metal prongs that hooked into things. And being the curious kid, maybe that's what makes me a curious coach. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, look, two little, you know, two points and two little round things you can put it into right here on the wall. Uh -huh. so I electrocuted myself, um, a minor at, shock. At the dance studio? At the dance studio, what, at the, at, sitting in my sister's class and disrupting everybody. So my mother's like, okay, well, after they rushed to the hospital or whatever else, you know, my sister had to go back to dance class the next week. So my mother looks, is like, we need something to do with Ivy. They're like, well, she could stand in the back. And, and she, she could, she could like join in, but like, you know, she'll stand in front of you. And that, that was it. That, that I fell in love. Um, I, you know, went from doing <laughs> one day a week when I was little to by five, I was doing two days a week. By 10, I was doing three days a week. Wow. By 14, I was doing four to five days a week. What kind of dance was your favorite uh, dance? Oh God! Um, and maybe you went through phases, but I'm just curious. What de yeah, your definitely, mind? definitely about a bunch of phases. I would say I love jazz dance. Hmm. You know, just that that freedom and that combination and that and that sense of self exploration. Um, but I always, you know, love taking ballet classes. <laughs> to this day, I take an occasional tap class. Wow. You know, I, like, I, I've never been a big fan of dance, I think mostly because I didn't really have any exposure to it. And I don't know if it has to do with, with I mean, plenty of, plenty of men like dancing. Um, in my 20s, I got into swing dancing a little bit. I remember my sister and I started taking lessons and going and doing uh, West Coast swing and a little bit of East Coast. And it was just such a blast. Um, it turned out I don't even have two left feet. I have like a foot and a hand um, on it, you know, on the ground. And I'm just never quite great but really, really enjoyed it for the time I did. Um, do you feel like that's, have, do you feel like that lands in more <laughs> of a creative side of like the brain and, and like in, in the body or, or is it, is it different than that? You know, um, like do you have to be an artist to be a dancer or is it a very different experience? I think it is a part of the creative side, but there's an enormous amount of structures. So, um, I actually, this summer, I'm, I'm writing my next book and I'm kind of bringing my world of dance and my world of business together because there's some teaching I've done with my clients and with leaders today of the greatest business is the combination of creativity and structure, right? It's funny. That theme has been coming up so much lately. I think you're, you're definitely onto something. That sounds awesome. You know, yeah, I, I did this at a retreat I hosted about two years ago, and I started exploring it. And I said, well, if we look at great business, great business is about great innovation in this day. And the, most business, the biggest business advances we've seen in the last decade is all about innovation. And if you don't add structure 
to the innovation, you don't have a business, you have an idea. Right. And the same thing goes back to dance. You know, structure every day a dancer does a warm up every day if it's a plie, if it if it's um, a Martha Graham warm up or whatever it is, a brush brush stop if it's tap or um, you know hip movements, rib movements if it's African dance, it doesn't matter, right? But every day you're you're doing your structure, right? And then you add in, you add in the choreography, you add in the costumes, you can add in the musicality, you add in the lighting. And you have, you take your structure into something that has a flow and a development. Mm-hmm. That's business. That is so cool. And, it, that, that, and that's so, uh, you could pull a lot of examples out of that. You know, the, the closest I, I get in my mind when you talk about that. So I, I don't dance, like okay. I said. Um, but I, I, I picked up yo-yoing as a, as a nerd cool. in junior high because I really wasn't interested in girls. And that worked. So, and, and then I kind of forgot about it in high school. And then I picked it up again. I think my son was young. So I was like in my early thirties and just, I mean, imagine I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, um, and I'm a total closet hidden nerd where I'm up watching YouTube videos at midnight, like learning yo-yo and, and all these complicated tricks. If you've ever seen like a Facebook video with these like crazy, you know, yo-yoing is wild. Those kinds of things, though, it's all, it looks like this magical, how did you do that? But everything is built on smaller tricks that are built on smaller tricks, down to like this throw, that, the side throw, the front throw, the side mount, the front mount, the backwards mount, the one and a half mount. And, and you just basically just choreograph them all together into a more complicated trick. How, how does that show up in business? What, what are, for you, what are some of the things that, that was, you would say are like the basic dance moves in business uh, that you've seen so far, just kind of as a, as a okay. you, you oh. like that, that side? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love it. So if you're going to do your warm up every day, right? Yeah. And you're, you're growing and scale a bit, a business. Okay. And you're building a business from a million dollars to $5 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great space to be. Great space to be. There's certain things in your warm-up you must do every day, right? So if it's ballet, you're going to do a plie every day. You're going to do a tendu every day. A tendu is the beginning component of when you're eventually going to leap. Of course. Of course, right? Any ballet dancers out there listening? I knew all of this. <laughs> in no. the same way, every day you're going to look at your, finan- your finance and how things are going based on your financial strategy. Based on that financial strategy, you're going to look at your marketing plan and you're going to look at your sales plan and how things are being integrated and what's the results you're getting. So you're going to be tracking your numbers, your results, your metrics, and how that's having an impact on your finance. Yep. Right? That's your foundation. That's your warm-up. Every day. Every day you do a plie, you do the same thing every day. If you lose it, then you can't eventually leap. You can't grow. Right. And I think, again, in business, especially in the, I'll throw out that word that's used so often, the entrepreneur space. Yeah. So many of us, I think, get into business, not because we, not because of what it actually is, which like you said, is very structured. It's, you know, warm ups, doing the same techniques every day. You know, are you going to cold call? Are you going to email? Are you going to like, what are you going to be doing? And you have to do it repeatedly and with vigor. But I think a lot of us get into it because we want this freedom of like, okay, now I don't have to do all that stuff. I just want to like, I oh, almost that's feel so like, funny. Freedom yeah. for what? 
what freedom? Yeah, I just want to be freedom. Like we, we fall in love with the idea of, of being a dancer, right? I fall in love with, yeah. I want to be in the Nutcracker Ballet. This is just who I, like the image of me on stage. But nobody falls in love with the idea of working 10,000 hours, practicing the same plie every single day for 10 years, right? So we don't fall I just love work. Exactly. I referenced before that I went to see um, Alvin Ailey, which is a dance company, last night at Lincoln Center. Yeah. Okay. When you watch, and you could, you could YouTube guys get a little, a little bit of a feel of this, right? When you watch these dancers, they are, oh my goodness, let's even put the word on it, um, master craftsmen of their bodies. Mm. Okay. It's one of the most challenging and diff, difficult athletic Okay, so my husband, who is a hockey player and a tennis player in his early years, right? When I took him to his first dance performance, he's like, holy crap, like, you know, how strong they are, men and women. Right, these are athletes. These are athletes. Absolutely. And, you know, somebody referenced, they're like, wow, you know, how many hours they rehearse, Mm -hmm. how many hours they're training and rehearsing, which is easily six to eight plus hours a day. Right. So that's, that's our 10,000 hours. It happens very quickly. It happens very quickly. Now, did, and did if you we actually all- put in that, those 10,000 hours and then some, look where we're really all going to be. It, it's that simple principle of hard work over time wins out talent every day of the week right? If you just put in the work, even if you don't have, you know, all things being equal, if you work harder and longer, you're going to come out on top. Right. And I'll probably rephrase the hard with dedication. That's fair. Yeah. I like that. Better wording. I should, neuro-linguistic programming. I should, I I should know these things. You know, because I I, I don't, right. I, I don't, I happen to love what I do, you know, and I don't find it hard. I'm not going to say we haven't had hard periods and I'm not going to say like, you know, everything's always a bed of roses, but I know the more I show up for my company at a hundred percent with a hundred percent dedication, a hundred percent responsibility and hundred percent action, we see a hundred plus percent results. So amazing. But it doesn't have to be hard. Right. It could, it could be joyful. Now, did you dance all that. through, did you dance all through school? I actually have a degree in you have a <laughs> this degree is a business. In yeah, this is a business coach who has a degree in dance and degree in communications who's never taken a business course in her life. Makes perfect sense. Right? Because that's who I want to learn from. If again, if I can choose education over experience with a coach or, or a consultant right. or a mentor, I'm gonna pick uh, experience. Did you what were the plans when you're uh, at University of Maryland? Did you think were you gonna go and be a professional dancer or or what 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 were your dreams and aspirations? aspirations in, in school? So, um, my, my parents made a deal with me. Okay. I kept saying, I'm going to college to dance. And they're like, if we're supporting you through this experience, you're going to go to college and be able to get a job one day with something that pays a bill. And I said, and I'm going to go to college for dance. And um, so there, there was a, clearly a little bit of a conflict. So I really searched hard and I found um, a school that can, I could get two dual degrees as opposed to a major and a minor. They're like, you can get a minor in dance. And sure. I'm like, no. No, I'm going to have a major, minor. 
I'm not, dance is not my minor. But your parents didn't want your dance to be your major either. Major, exactly. So I had to find a school that I could actually get a, a degree in two things. Wow. And so I have a degree in dance and communication. And my goal and aspiration was, well, I will dance after, I'll see where dance takes me. And I know I could always get a job. Right. So if, uh, were you the kind of person that had like the plan A, plan B, or were you like, there's only plan A and your parents insisted on plan B? No, I had plan A and plan B because I yeah. also knew my obstacles. So uh, I, I'm short of stature. Mm -hmm. I have short legs. Yeah. So I knew marketability wise, I was not the best market. It, I, myself as a commodity, as a dancer, right. I did not have all the marketing components to close the sale. You know, I loved Broadway. I love um, musical theater. I have a terrible voice. Gotcha. So you're looking at it, you're able to be realistic about it without trying to be head in the clouds, but you also weren't tearing yourself down. You said, okay, well, here's what right. I'm working with. That's a great right. skill, I, skill and set. I, and I, I am very realistic. You know, the one, I think one of the things um, that I bring to the table with my clients is I'm just a practical person. Have you always been that way? Like, like yeah. as a kid, were you like fairly practical? Yeah, I was. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Was your mom more practical or your dad? Actually, both. both. So my both my mom had gone to college for accounting, never graduated because she was told at the time that what, no account is ever going to send a woman out. So you wow. might as well just be a bookkeeper. So she really ha always had a really wow. great business brain, and she worked for some amazing people. Um, my dad also had a very good business brain and he had been, he, he was a business owner in his own right and, a, and, a, and built a, a great business that supported us as we were growing up. And so I think they're, they were both always practical in nature. And even like when I was like working, um, and I was young and I was like, if I was babysitting or working at the drugstore and I was, I always liked money yeah. and my dad would always be like, well, you know. Let's just take out a piece of paper and see where you are financially. And it was always, and I learned as like, I- Dad, I'm eight. He's like, nonetheless. <laughs> exactly, something like that. But <laughs> as I, I grew up, you know, he was always like, if you need a spreadsheet or if you need one of those computers as he aged and I got older, if you need that to tell you where your business is, you're gonna be out of business. If you can't take a piece of paper and know your numbers, and write things down and see where your business is, then you have no business, no business running a business. Wow. And that's what I learned early on. Wow. So at, at what point after, like after graduating, did you go after a dance career or did you like, what, what um, was I blew out my knee at 23. You what? And I was, I blew out my knee at 23 years old oh. and I was told I would never dance again. Mm -hmm. And, um, Oh, I was a tough hard. period. Yeah. And so I went and I got a job. It, it got better. I went and I got a job um, in production, a commercial production company that I didn't last a year before I got fired. Um, so I was not off to a great start in my early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a few challenges along the way. Mm -hmm. And um, then I actually got a job working for a woman entrepreneur. And I saw her running a series of about 15 health clubs, a chain of 15 health clubs under her brand. 
very successful. I was her um, executive assistant. She had a brand under herself. So we worked on her individual brand. We worked on her, her, her health clubs. And we, I, at 23, 24 years old, I started training district managers on trainings and sales. I don't know what I knew. Um, and, 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 and that was my beginning of the business world. And, you know, lo and behold, I kind of watching her and then taking my next job, which was also for a woman, you know, two women entrepreneurs. I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a business owner. I didn't know what I was going to own one day, but I was going to be a business owner. Right. I'm going to be in Swan Lake. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be there. So when you, you mentioned it a couple of times, you said uh, working for a woman business owner, was that like a very important thing or was it something that you went, wow, this is a paradigm that I hadn't been thinking about or is it something that you really love the fact that it was an entrepreneur and it was a woman or was it just kind of status quo? Because you mentioned you a couple could, times. You could stop right there. Yeah. I was living in New York City. I needed to pay my rent and I needed a job. I got fired. Okay. This popped up. I was like, and they're like, you're going to be perfect for it because you danced once so you'll understand health clubs. I was like, <laughs> I kind of like said, I was like, I don't get this at all, but I do need my next month's rent. And if I can get a job, I'm going to show up at this interview. So there it was, was no forethought. It was, it was the universe, the, but the universe truly delivered to me early on. Wow, and I'm yeah. a firm believer in that. You know, it was, it was happenstance, circumstance, luck stance, but I truly believe at that point, the universe put, you know, was watching out for me and I was able to establish this pathway. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Now, did you, like, I feel like sometimes when we talk about our stories and our parents and grandparents and things Mm -hmm. as they come up, I'm always reminded on how, how times have changed so much. Right. And you had mentioned that, you know, the story about your mom, when you were growing up as a, as a girl and as a young woman, did that, experience your mom probably there's some beliefs maybe she had or some experiences she had growing up uh, in the accounting field like you talked about do you feel like did that kind of come across in like a lot of times moms and dads they, they don't mean to give us limiting beliefs around what we can do they're just trying to protect us or help us it, was your mom kind of in the mentality of hey like you know Ivy make sure you know this is this is sort of the limitation because you are a woman or was it hey this is what I experienced but go get him tiger how was that with, with your mom and your entrepreneurship journey? Did- so my mom has been, um, my mom's pretty cool. And I, I think my, I'll always say my mother was born way before her time. Hmm. She truly was born a generation two or three before her time. So like the woman who wanted to be an accountant, right? Um, when, I was, when I was younger, she opened her own company with two friends and um, she went back to school and became an interior designer to her and two of her friends. And they opened an interior design company. She obviously did the design, but also ran all the business piece. Wow. Um, so she was always pushing me. You could be anything you want. You could do anything in the world. And it's the very, the very funny thing here is she will say to me, like, I'll say, Oh, you know, I'm thinking, she goes, you could do that. You should charge more. You're not charging enough. She goes, you need to tell your clients to make sure they're charging enough. You got, the women don't charge enough, you know, and this, and um, 
I, I actually, I, I, for, for many years, I ran this program called Business Success Retreats, where I'd bring small groups of, of women, of business owners, predominantly women, but not exclusively. Mm-hmm. And we would run um, a two-day retreat on building out their, their plan of action in business, looking at marketing, sales, and financial plan. So this, um, my mom was around, and I said, come by one day. So I said, come by for lunch, meet the ladies. It's an all-women's group. And so she was listening in and she was listening to this woman build out her business plan with me, this and that. And, you know, we know our parents. So I see her face and I said, you have something to say? And she goes, yeah, I do. She goes, what's with you? What do you think you're going to charge these little bits of numbers? This is New York City. You've been part of Tiffany's for the last 10 to 12 years. Own that. Raise that number. And they're like, oh my goodness, now we know why we work with you because like you're look where you're descended from. Wow. So your mom was the first big advocate for you to raise your prices. My mom is a big advocate when I'll say, Oh, you know, I'm gonna go speak there. She goes, You could have been speaking there for years. You're just finally asking for it now. Wow. You you have this. You can, That's you it. know. It's, isn't that, and to me, when I hear that, I think what an incredible um, example of someone who won't be shaped by the environment, you know, because I mean, whether it's, it's a Rosa Parks moment or it's a, uh, it's a Martin Luther King moment or it's an Elon Musk moment, right? Where we say, hey, I don't care if we're not supposed to be in space. I think we are. Like to listen to, you, to the story of your mom in an environment that, that I'm sure many uh, women and many minorities could have very easily said, oh, well, if the environment is this, that's what I can do. She looked at it and said, that's stupid. Of course not. I'm going to go create whatever I'm going to create and then taught her daughter the same lessons. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Um, and what, what an incredible role model. It's, you know, I think I'm incredibly fortunate and lucky. And when I went out finally on my own, when, in my print, when I became a printer and um, I eventually, you know, I had my first child. I eventually became a partner. We merged that company. That company devolved. I opened my own company. Okay. I pushed, you know, X amount of years later. And my mom and my aunt came to my brand new office mm-hmm. for the first time. And, I, I, and my aunt handed me a gift. And so I was like, oh my goodness, like you got me something. She's like, of course I did. So I open it up and it's a, it was a little glass sign, probably around three by five. Okay. A little like a size of an index card. Right. Or a possibly even smaller. And it said, engraved on it, it said, behind every great man is a great woman. Behind every great woman is herself. Wow. And for years that sat on my desk. And, um, and then, you know, after working for great women entrepreneurs and being thrown into it, such a male dominated industry as printing and playing in the boys world and getting, you know, trying to, them trying to beat me down on a regular basis. Um, and to receive that from like women who meant so much to me and say, I, you know, I can do this. And I, I always say to my clients, if you wake up every day, and ask yourself one question and what can I do today? Pick one thing. Today I can. And you could pick one thing, two things, or three things. Not 10, not 20, but what is one, two, or three things I can do today that you know moves my life forward, moves my business forward, makes an impact? 
we'll get an enormous amount accomplished. Wow. What great coaching advice as well. So you, you had two decades of working and, and owning in the printing business. Yes. What, what's the story behind leaving printing and moving into coaching? Was there an overlap? Was there a, a crumble and a rebuild or was it a going from glory to glory? Definitely not going from glory to glory, so forget about that. <laughs> Let's that right out there, Matt. Oh, good. Me neither. I did not figure that out well. So what, no. what did you do? How did you get into this in the first place? Back in um, 2007, 2008? Well, I made a very strategic, very smart decision. I came with this with a lot of forethought. Just, the, just as I started working for women entrepreneurs, there was a lot of forethought, a lot of smart thought, decision-making. Um, the month of my 40th birth, 45th birthday, April of 2007. Yes, you guys can figure out my age. I really don't care. I'm kind of proud of it. And you should be. I don't know if you're, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, you can see Ivy looks like she's 30. Uh, <laughs> she's I'll come back. Yeah, it's, all, it's all the walking. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it, you know, in April of 2007, I had a complete midlife crisis. I fell apart. Um, yeah. I ordered a coffee and started crying at Starbucks. It was mm. very pleasant. Um, I said, somebody said good morning to me. I hysterics. And I just realized, you know, I had done some cool things and my kids were fabulous. They were coming into their teen years at this point and life was good and business was good and my kids were great and all this stuff. And who Nothing am I? about who am I? Who's the woman? Where did I go? Wow. What's going to be when those kids like move on? Do, do you what do like I want to be? Do you feel like the I disappearing was, sorry to interrupt. No. Did, did you feel like the disappearing, because uh, this is something that I think is very pervasive for um, men and women both, but I think especially a lot of women uh, when it comes to the parenting part, because let's face it, biologically, there's just so much more, right? Um, I can't imagine as a father what my wife has had to give up just, just in terms of her body, in terms of, uh, of the, the emotional connection, even more so. Do you feel like it was kind of, was there a gradual sort of losing, Hey, who am I and what do I want? Or was it a, a decision like my kids are born and now it's about them. And then now they're growing up and you go, Whoa, what about me? What was that kind of like for you over time? Um, I hope that know, came out right. I'm, I'm speaking <laughs> from the father's point of view when, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, when you, when you have that, that first pregnancy, it, it's an alien in your body. <laughs> alien takes over your body. And as this alien is taking over your body and nobody can see it because it starts taking over, like, and you start getting like feeling weird and sometimes sick and tired and this, that, and the other thing that you have absolutely no control. And people are looking at you funny because you look just like you did the day before. Right. right. And yet there's the alien. And I, we, my, my husband and I we were married for a while. We waited. I was very much ready to start a family. I very much, I'm a planner by nature. It's not surprising that I do strategic planning. I am a planner by nature. I plan my children. I, I plan my homes. I plan my gardens. You know, I'm a planner. You know, so I was ready for it and I was excited about it. Um, and that became a purpose. And I was, I thought by being a clear working woman and being on road for being, becoming a partner and all the things like I had my act together. I had my crap together. 
you know, and then all of a sudden there was a series of circumstances of, it was a year after my dad passed away and I went into action to take care of everyone and make sure everybody was, you know, the estates were set. So my mom was okay. My kids were okay. My sister was okay. And, and I, ran, I was still running my business. I took a whole week off, you know, my dad passed away. So I took a week off. Sure. And then I went back to work. Of course. And, you know, it, it was just this way, literally waking up one day and I had no idea what hit me. It was if, as if like being hit by a Mack truck and I just started crying wow. and falling apart internally. And it took me a while to say, what in the world is going on? Yeah. And then I started questioning like, okay, I'm a printer. I have a great printing company. I never really wanted to be a printer when I grew up. I wanted to be a dancer. And then I wanted to like make it in production and be a producer. And then I got fired from that. And like, now I'm a printer. And what's it being a printer? Like, is Did this- I really dream of being a printer? No. And I was like, but I love my kids and I make a good living and by being able to make, and I'm able to do all these things for my kids, but now they're starting to become teenagers and that's going to change. And so who am I? Right. Came that question. Who am I? And it's time to get back in touch with myself as a woman. Wow. That is uh, heart, heartfelt and, and, and authentic too. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you now, you, you've actually started uh, your own podcast called Her Success Story, yes. which uh, is very, very cool. I've, I've had a chance to listen to some snippets of some things. Um, you bring a guest on every time. Tell me a little bit about the journey of creating a podcast of saying, you know, getting a voice out there. Um, why, why did you want to create Her Success Story? Because you've been doing coaching for 10 years. Where did the podcast come in just recently? So the podcast, the idea for the podcast came around two and a half years ago. Wow. And I took um, a couple of people on my team and we did a night class on podcasting. I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're, I'm all about the plan. I'm not kidding. You know, and they said, you have to do all this stuff. And especially like two years ago, technology, you had to do much more technology wise yep. to run a podcast. And I was just like, oh. It's too much work. I don't want to do this. Hmm. And so I said, you know what? We'll do it. We're not going to do it now. It's not in our, and, I, and it was a very much, and although it wasn't, it wasn't truly, a, it's too much work. It had, the, the amount of effort and energy was going to have an impact based on, well, if this is going to become, why are we going to do it? I always question, why are we going to do something? Yep. And, you know, if it's part of our marketing system, is this the best way to put it? Is this the best thing to put in our marketing system, in our marketing plan? And so we decided to put a pause on it. And then very luckily, technology became easier. Mm -hmm. And at our last fall, um, twice a year, my team does a virtual retreat. And one of the ladies on my team said, hey, Ivy, is it time to pull that podcast out of the draw? And we wow. started talking about it. And I said, yes. And when you say draw, do you mean drawer? Drawer, yes. Wow, that was so New York. Is that it was so New York, right? Out of the draw? <laughs> draw? Shy is coming out of the draw. I love it. I, love it. I wasn't sure if that was her accent or yours. That's phenomenal. How, how, many, how many are on your team right now? We have four people on the team. Very cool. And um, so we, we, kicked a, we created, a, created a goal around it. We mm -hmm. said we're going to launch in January of 2018. Yeah. And I said, okay. And everybody's, we, we hunkered down, assigned jobs 
and I got the job and the assignment and my team actually gave me the, the owner and CEO of this company, my job. Yes. They're like, you must have a dozen interviews in the can and complete before December 1st. That's phenomenal. In order for us to do all the back end work for the, a January launch. So you need to get out there and, and get it happening. You know what I love? I don't want to, to cut it too short, but I know we're running short on time. January 24th is what it looks like as I'm looking at iTunes yeah. is the launch and the first episode of your podcast. How cool is that? That's right. We did it. We did it January 20, 2018. And um, it was important to me. I think there's a lot of learning. You know, first of all, I think there's an enormous amount of learning in story. Yes. You know, yeah. we remember stories. And if I can get some women's stories out there and people who are listening and, you know, go back. And in June, we did a series of all successful men who happened to also be dads in honor of Father's Day. Oh, I missed um, it. Yeah. Yeah. You can go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be on that. Dang. That sounds fun. <laughs> we're we're going to do more. We're going to do more. We, we, we already have other special series planned for this year, but I think we learned so much from people's stories Yes, and to be able to get other stories out there that we realize that we're not alone in our journeys and that sometimes obstacles or challenges can look overwhelming. One of um, Katie Kirk wrote a book a bunch of years ago, and it's a book of, um, of little stories of all the people she interviewed. And she wrote them each a letter and said, would you give me the short story of one of the biggest obstacles or challenges of how you've navigated it to success? Hmm. And that book was my inspiration. I said, if we do some short stories, and actually get the messages out there and we can inspire others to not get stopped, not get tripped up, to see the light and be willing to take the action and the steps and support them. Yeah. And that would make a difference. Wow. That is so cool. Well, make sure everyone, uh, let's plug that again real quick. Her success story is the podcast available on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so make sure you subscribe, rate and review, go listen to that and you'll find Ivy Slater. Um, Ivy, if people want to, uh, as we're coming towards the end here, I can't believe how much time has passed already. I say that at the end of every interview because it just, when you're in story, it flies. Um, if you want to get in contact with you, um, I'm going to put up a bunch of links in the show notes so you can just feel free to scroll and click, but what's the best way to kind of stay up with you and what you're doing, what you're going on. If they want to learn from you, if they want to uh, look into coaching with you, especially again, the, the women entrepreneurs, anyone can of course, but you have a special foot in the door uh, of, of helping the female entrepreneur. So where can they get in touch with you? Um, get in touch with me through slatersuccesscoaching.com. Um, the easiest, fastest, check out the podcast, subscribe to it, give it a, give it a listen. And, um, and then let me know what, what you guys think. Cause this is, you know, Matt, this is our first year. And so I want to hear from the listeners of how we're going to continue to develop. What did they want to hear? What inspires them? Um, that, that's the greatest, I think the greatest learning for all of us, you know, Check in on the website. What's inspiring you there? Let us know. That's how we can deliver our best work is when we hear the feedback. I love that. So you can find her, of course, all over social media. I'm sure you're yep. on Facebook and Instagram or whatever. Um, look for Ivy Slater. You're right there. Um, SlaterSuccessCoaching.com. Um, Ivy, again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, final question for you. Okay. If you could look back uh, at the U in the University of Maryland, still looking at dancing. If you could go back and talk to the venue and give advice, what would you give? 
And if you could change anything at all about your history and about your story, what would you change or would you leave it all the same? I'd leave it all the same. Hmm. I'd definitely leave it all the same. In looking back, um, be bolder sooner. Wow. Be bolder sooner. Put on the big girl panties and play big. All right, boys, you hear that? Put on the big girl panties, play big. <laughs> be bolder sooner. Perfect words. Ivy Slater. Put on those big boy boxers, boys. <laughs> <laughs> be bolder sooner. We're going to leave it at that. Ivy Slater. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Um, Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Again soon. Bye for now. Hey, my thanks to Ivy Slater for coming out and being on the show. Um, she is just absolutely phenomenal human being and a phenomenal coach and a businesswoman. You can learn a lot from her, as you can already tell. You can find out more about her in the show notes. We have her website, Slater Success Coaching. You can find out about her books, seeing Ivy live, coaching with her, working with her. And she has a phenomenal podcast called Her Success Story. Her success story, you can find that on iTunes. Search for Ivy Slater. Very simple to find. So we'll put up links to that. And then, of course, you can follow her at social media at Ivy Slater, uh, all things. And we'll put the links for her social media right through in the show notes. So just click on through. And if you like Ivy, give her a tag, give her a follow, uh, a like, uh, <laughs> whatever platform you're on, do that. And then, of course, for our show, make sure you like, rate, and review. We've been getting a few new reviews lately, and this is really cool. Uh, I appreciate it so much. When you take the time to leave a review and go on iTunes, I know I, I do that all the time for podcasts and, and shows and movies that I love. But if you wouldn't mind, man, it would it would I'd appreciate that a ton. So here's a couple recent reviews. I want to do a little shout out. Uh, Katie Brooks one said the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur podcast touches all topics that help entrepreneurs grow not only in business but in life. Clutch 152, whoever you are, Clutch 152, <laughs> you said it's super practical, easy to listen, and helpful. The content is relatable and gives some new perspective of life, uh, business life, and the pursuit of passions. Uh, and then Charles G2, I think I know who this is. This might be a, a friend of mine, someone who knows his stuff. Charles G2, underscore G2, said, I've had the distinct pleasure of watching Matt's career blossom over the last decade. Yes, I do know you. From overcoming challenges to maximizing opportunity, if you want someone who speaks from experience, this is your guy. Wow, thank you for everyone who will take a moment and leave a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. It truly, truly helps us climb back into the ranks uh, and continue staying up in the charts just like we have been. It's in massive, massive part because of you. Well, not in part, it's all because of you. I can work my tail off, but it doesn't really matter unless you are listening. So I thank you again. I sure appreciate you. Love you guys. Have an awesome weekend. As usual, get out there and crush it and do something significant. And I'll come back at you on Tuesday with a Teaching Tuesday uh, as we get into episode 79.